Welcome to the Wake the Giant podcast. This is part two of What Ails the Church, the Narcissism Pandemic with Alan Garrett and Bob Scott. Bob Scott is the founder of the Joseph Company Global and Compassionate Justice International. He's written two books, Sid in Zimbabwe and In the Company of Joseph. Welcome to part two. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I'm... I, I, uh, I've done some missions work, and I, I remember people telling me, but but that's dangerous. People get killed there. Like, yeah. you're stupid if you go there right. to, to minister. Right. But you see how this is shifting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, if you understand the historical context, this has shifted over 50 mm-hmm. years. This has been the, the, the frog in the kettle mm-hmm. with the temperature slowly being turned up mm-hmm. to where the point now we're in trouble and we don't even see it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, again, I, I, I'm trying not to be offensive here. I'm just trying to be honest and transparent yeah. and, and, and explain to people things that God showed me because we are a community in crisis. Yeah, we um, are. You know, how we view ourselves, right, and how God views us are, are a little different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to say something here that, that is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but okay. that's okay. And it's haters this. take out your pens. Well, those that are commissioned <laughs> to watch out for the state of our souls are infected themselves. Hmm. The church prophetic world is so busy flattering us that they haven't noticed even what's happened, right? History's repeating itself. In the 8th century BC, Isaiah prophesied this. Say to the seers, see no more visions. And to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things prophesy illusions and that's mm. isaiah 30 10 and we're in a state right now like nobody really wants to hear something that is going to call them into account we want to mm-hmm. be flattered right and 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 the truth of it is is that we've got so many itinerant prophets out there and they only get paid if they tell us what we want to hear i'm sorry i'm going to make <laughs> say this line and and and, and you can put a disclaimer on this because this is not you. This is me saying this. Yeah, I'm, I have no current, idea what you're about to say. <laughs> this current state of the prophetic is pathetic. Okay. It's really pathetic. We are, the even the prophetic world has become so saturated with, with narcissism. So, so think this through. Here's another interesting side of this. We judge prophecy now on whether it's edifying, right? Mm-hmm. You hear this all the time. Well, that can't be God. It wasn't edifying, right? Mm -hmm. So the question is, when you hear the word edify, how do you define that that. word, right? Because I can tell you, after being in the church world for 40 years, that 99% of everyone will tell you that edifying means it made me feel good. (laughs) Well, sometimes the harsh word is from the Lord. Sometimes you know what edifying actually Mm -hmm. means? It means instructive. Mm-hmm. or informative in a way that improves the mind and our mm-hmm. character. Yeah. It has nothing to do with whether we feel good or I like it. Yeah. I remember uh, a word I had once. Uh, I went, I had a friend who was in, uh, he was in uh, uh, so somewhere in, in Florida in the, in the central state. And I, I went up to visit him. I was uh, thinking about going to his uh, church to be a to join it and maybe help out with some areas like worship and some different things. Cause I was a worship leader at the time. And I came into this uh, pastor's meeting 
And this guy walked through the door, and as soon as he did, I got this word. This guy is struggling with pornography. And I was a young man at the time. I'm going, this is a pastor's meeting. I cannot share that in a pastor's meeting because I could destroy his ministry. So um, uh, the Lord gave me a little way to do it where I, I wouldn't do that. And so mm. I, I was, uh, uh, I, at the end, my pastor goes, anybody, anybody got anything, Alan? <laughs> and I said, mm. well, um, I felt like the Lord said that there was somebody in the room here who's struggling with pornography. And then the Lord gave me the rest of the word. He said, and if you go to this man over here and, uh, and share that with him, and I, I looked at the man, I said, you're not supposed to, you cannot tell anybody that this guy's doing that. You have to, have to keep his confidence um, that uh, the Lord will, will help him walk you through it. And after the meeting, I found out that that is the one pastor in the room who's known for grace and mercy mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. kindness. And the, uh, I got a call from my friend about a week later, that guy went to him and was restored. Well, today... That would be a word in many churches that I'm not allowed to give. I'm just going to tell you, I would not be allowed to give that in many churches because they don't allow you to prophesy anything about sin. But the issue I have with that is it's not biblical. You have people in the Bible that they, they prophesy about people's sin. Nathan and Daniel. I'm Nathan, and, Nathan and David, sorry. Nathan came to David. That's a very, that could be considered a very harsh word. So if I'm not allowed to prophesy things like that, that the Lord tells me, that would indicate that maybe that narcissism hasn't infiltrated the church in that respect. Well, There's certain things that I'm not here. allowed to, to, to prophesy because they, because they, you know, because they're negative. Well, hear my heart here. Or perceived as negative. We have a disease called narcissism mm-hmm. that has incapacitated our spiritual power. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go on record and saying that this narcissism that I'm talking about has neutered us. Mm. We're impotent. L- l- let me just read second uh, Timothy three chapter three, verses one to five. Cause this is interesting because mm-hmm. Paul makes a prediction and he says this, but understand this mm, in the last that. days, yeah. terrible times will come, right? What's the very first characteristic he says for men will be lovers of, of themselves. So right? just on that one scripture alone, that that's going to happen in the last days, people hearing this should ask the question, has narcissism impacted my worldview? Right. For men will be lovers of themselves. I mean, this is the first, first thing mm-hmm. out of the chute. So, so Paul says narcissism is going to be a huge problem. He also talks about lovers of money, right? Greed. Mm-hmm. He talks about being boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient, right? Mm-hmm. Ungrateful. There's that sense of entitlement, right? Unholy, unloving, meaning we're self-centered, right? Because love is about others. So when you're mm-hmm. unloving, you're self-centered. We're unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And now here's where, where, where I believe is the impotent part. Mm-hmm. Having a form of godliness, mm-hmm. but denying its power. Mm. And then here's the, the, the punchline. Turn away from such as these. Mm. Wow. That's, yeah. That's, that's uh, intense, right? So, that's, that's the book. So here's the million dollar <laughs> question that none of us want to answer. Yeah. Has God turned away from us? Mm. 
In other words, is our narcissism, self-centeredness, has, has it created a distance between us and God? Yeah. Is, is that the reason why we're not seeing it? So, so in 1985, this is, you know, I've said this to you before. And this gets me in trouble again in the Christian community because okay, haters you know, take we, out your pens again. Well, it's because <laughs> we have this worldview that everything God does happens within the confines of the institutional church, uh-huh. and and I've said this to some mm. of my prophetic colleagues that I think there's actually more prophets outside of the church than there are in the church, and here's one of them. In 1985, mm. there was a guy named Neil Postman mm. who wrote a book called "Amusing Ourselves to Death." Hmm. he predicted where we were going to be today Hmm. in 1985 Hmm. before any of this technology was Hmm. available he saw it right so in light of this and what we're just talking about in terms of the impetus or uh, impotence how about this in light of this what doesn't happen anymore and here's what it is and it's acts 3 6 peter says I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have, I'll give to you. In Mm. the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Mm. See, what's what's happening? We're not seeing that spiritual power. Mm. We're not not able to solve problems, (laughs) tangible problems problems that people are struggling with every day. We're, we're, we're impotent. And the reason is we're so self-absorbed. Now, again, I'm, I, 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 <laughs> I won't put this on you. This is me. And, I, and, and it's the worldview. It's the perspective that I believe mm-hmm. God's shown me. But we got a problem. And, if, and the reason why I'm willing to step out here and lay this on the road is, you know what? I'm that guy that wants to be able to look at at the mm-hmm. leper and the and the lame mm-hmm. and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Mm-hmm. I am so desperately hungry mm-hmm. to see the grace and power of God released. And mm-hmm. I know the reason why we're not seeing it is because we're so self-centered. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say that I am seeing it some places. Like I've prayed for people in the last three years, I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen, uh, uh, last week I prayed for a back and, and the pain left. Um, right. so, so God is doing stuff. So Bob's not saying that God is not healing no. on earth, but I do believe, uh, and well, some, here's, here's what's happened. Seek this through and then, and we'll get into, I do the, believe I mean, can... that there is a lack of power. And I do believe that there's something that the Lord wants to release in that area. And it is hindered by self-centeredness. I would I would agree with and that. And I can and I can spill the beans on this because I've been in the church planning world for years. Mm. You know what church planning is today? What taking p- people from other churches? That is uh, that is often true. You can find you show me a church mm-hmm. that's grown out of evangelism. They're few and far between. I'm telling you, yeah. That again, you mm-hmm. and I are. Oh, I am old enough to remember mm-hmm. the '60s and '70s. Yeah, I mean, massive move of God, yeah. evangelism. But look at the culture then, right? Mm-hmm. It was others centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't seen a move of God in 50 years. That's this really reached the lost. 
Yes. And I believe that the Lord wants to launch some things, some grassroots from, from what I'm hearing. I'm just going to, I can only say what I'm hearing is that the Lord wants to, to launch some grassroots type stuff where people really have relationship. Uh, and they're, uh, I just, I just believe he wants to, I want to see, I think he wants to go back to some of those things. Yeah. Well, but we have to deal with this disease first. And, and that's why I'm willing to step out here a little bit and be really straightforward with people. But if we do not deal with this narcissism that mm-hmm. so enculturated our community and get back to being a bond servant and living for God first, yeah. we're not going to see what our yeah. hearts are crying out for. And we have to realize that this has come from the outside and infiltrated our world Mm -hmm. and and it's happened over 50 years. And so we're not even aware of it. And it's become so normalized Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of people that are listening to this going, what the heck is he talking about? Some people won't even, uh, even be able to hear this. Well, some of them aren't even old enough. They, they don't Mm -hmm. really have the cultural perspective perspective to see it. Right. They haven't seen the 50 year shift. Mm Mm-hmm. I guarantee that almost anyone that's 60 or 65 and older will know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. They will, they will look back and go, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what he's talking about is true. Yeah. Either I've seen that myself or now that he's mm-hmm. brought this to the light, it makes so much sense. But if you're a younger generation you, and you have no context, no historical, you're going to have a harder time understanding this. But the world was a very different place 50 years ago. Yeah, and I, uh, they may be able to understand that there's been a cultural shift from serving other things to serving self, whether it's serving well, society it in, or serving God. Right? What? In your education world. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there's a whole generation of children that got raised that it's all about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we, we don't want to do anything that could possibly uh, damage somebody's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's that's you know, that is in the education system, and I don't purposely want to damage anybody's self esteem because I do believe that uh, you can. You know, there are things that have crushed people and harmed them, and and all those kinds of things. But it's not. Uh, we are not the center of our own world. So is it is it no. our self esteem, or is it God's esteem? Hmm. Yeah, I do want to esteem Him. No, 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 no. Not, I'm talking mm. about it's do we get our value mm. because of our self-esteem or because God's esteem for us? Oh, I got you. That's good. Right? In other words, if the reason why I have self-esteem mm-hmm. is because 2,000 years ago, the Son of God came down mm-hmm. and allowed himself to be brutally beaten and mm-hmm. hung on a cross for me. Mm-hmm. You know what that tells me? John. Remember, I just read, there's no greater love yeah, that somebody when someone lays their down life, life down, down right? For a friend. The Son of God came and laid his life down for me. And if you he's know what the that example, means? if he's the example, we need to be selfless. Right. But what does that say? I'm loved. Mm-hmm. For yeah. God so loved the world. That's good. Right. So it's not about self esteem. Mm hmm. It's about God's esteem for me. I think uh, uh, we've we need to get back to preaching things like the gospel. Mm. And uh, I think in a lot of churches, it's it's been probably years since I've heard preaching about just the basic 
the cross, that value that, that God died for me, the need for death, the, the, the fact that we're, we are not uh, kings of our own world and that, that uh, we need to surrender uh, to enter the kingdom. Um, so maybe Gnosticism is making its way back into the it, Maybe it is. Um, you made a comment in your, uh, I think it was in your, in your last book, the, In the Company of Joseph, free yourself from groupthink. So mm-hmm. I think we need to, uh, if we can see the worldviews, Maybe you won't, maybe you don't need to even, even agree with Bob and I that, that this has infiltrated the church, but you can probably see it in the broader culture. So identifying the worldviews is, is part of the, the key, okay? So you can spot things where uh, uh, who's the center of what, and that's important. I think uh, there, there are different worldviews, and the narcissistic worldview is out there. It's huge. It's, it's in the world, but it has influenced the church. It, and so... Um, well, in the, you know, in the socialist communist countries, they had mm-hmm. a, um, a perspective they called the cult of personality. Mm. I've heard that phrase, but... Uh, yeah, and, and, and you see it in, in, you know, in the 70s, 80s, you know, these mm-hmm. statues of these leaders everywhere, huge banners with their face. I mean, you could see it in China mm-hmm. right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's called the cult of personality. Mm. Tell me that hasn't infiltrated the church. Yeah. Um. I do believe we need to get back to to the word, and you've heard that all preachers have, have used that story when you know people are are grading diamonds. They don't look at all the imperfections; they go to that perfect one, and then they compare it to the other ones, and then they can spot the imperfections. And I think we need to get back to knowing our Bibles. I mean, I'm going to read a couple scriptures here, and and tell me if these fit with a narcissistic worldview. And Bob's uh, mentioned some of them. Uh, Luke 10, 27, the love, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there is some self. I mean, we are, we are supposed to have, in, in, within a biblical context, have some self-love. That's, that's in that scripture. But it talks about, who's it talk about putting first there? Who's on the throne? It's, it's not... It's not, uh, it's not you. And I, I think that there's only one throne on your life. There's not two, <laughs> right? Mm. There's one throne and either he gets to be on it or I get to be on it. Scripturally, he needs to be on it. And then I also need to treat others, value them, honor them, you know, and, and, and that is, that is key. Um, Matthew 10, 38 through 39 Whoever does not take up his own cross and follow me is not worthy of me. <laughs> whoever mm-hmm. finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That is not narcissism. That's that. Um, uh, there, here's this scripture: Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is that? That is the rule and reign of God. That's not the rule and reign of self. And the rule of reign of self is, is preached in our culture, and it's influ- influenced our church. I think if, if this topic of narcissism was dealt with and we put God first, we would see the, the church reaching the world around us. The church wouldn't be known for what we stand against, but it would be known for loving our neighbor 
right. transforming society, uh, ministering to the poor, all those things need to get birthed again. I'm preaching now. Amen. No, it's, 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 I mean, I mean, uh-huh. there's a collision right now between two kingdoms. I mm-hmm. mean, the kingdom of God is colliding head on mm-hmm. with our culture, mm-hmm. our value systems, our ethics, our morals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a collision going on, but it, that collision has been going on for 2000 years. Mm-hmm. It's just, we've re- reached another moment where this thing has reached a pandemic mm-hmm. level. It's, it's epidemic. Mm-hmm. And we don't even, we don't realize it. And that's, I guess, you know, my heart today is just to try to wake people up and realize you're, you've just been slowly Mm -hmm. saturated with a way of thinking Mm -hmm. that's not the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine and I were talking about the ministry of Keith Green. Did Mm. you, did you know Keith? Yes. Yeah. Um, He was, he was only saved for like seven years. Mm. And uh, he has a book called No Compromise. Uh, if, uh, that's a great I, book. I really like it. Um, he was saved in the, in the, I guess, part of the Jesus People movement, uh, Calvary Chapel, Ken Gullickson, early Vineyard yeah, stuff. That's right. And um, he, uh, <laughs> he had a harsh edge to him. Um, and he would call well, people. Oh, he was a truth teller. He was a See, truth teller. This is one of the problems you have mm-hmm. in the church. You tell the truth and you get crucified. Yeah, you can. So, I, I mean, uh, you know, I entered your, uh-huh. your zone today realizing uh-huh. that, you know, <laughs> that I better have thick skin because I, I know what's, what'll come back at me from a lot of people because they'll get scared, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then fear does crazy things and, you know, then people start attacking you and mm-hmm. all that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for that. But, but it's mm-hmm. because what's driving me is mm-hmm. not only what God's shown me, but mm-hmm. what's driving me is this passion to see a powerful church, mm-hmm. to see a yeah. church that's influential, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, what what are we influencing right now? Who's changing mm-hmm. because of us, mm-hmm. right? Are we having any impact? See, I, I believe that, that, that God wants to change all that. But in yeah. order for that to happen, we have to deal with this infection. We have to deal with this thing that's crept into mm-hmm. our, our midst. In a lot of churches, you can't barely use the word repentance. Mm. I'm serious. Like mm. I, no, I, I understand. Trust I, me. I, I, I've, I've, I've mentioned that in in churches, and I get well. We don't want judgment. <laughs> like, right. well, I'm I'm not necessarily talking about judgment here. I'm talking about hearing what the Lord is saying and moving in that direction. That's but even that's, again, it's <laughs> people don't even understand what uh-huh. repentance means. Repent mm-hmm. means change your mind. Mm-hmm. I've been in, in other words, it's, uh-huh. it's, it, you know, they go, they go worst case scenario. You no, know, what happened was somebody showed you something and it changed your direction. Mm-hmm. You, you decided to, yep, to go in it. an opposite direction. And I'm hoping that's, what's going to happen with our discussion that mm-hmm. people are going to kind of look at themselves and go, oh, wait a minute here. I never saw this happening to me. I need to change my mind. I need to think differently. I've been in churches where the Holy spirit moves on people and they start crying because God's dealing with some stuff with them. And the people in the church steer them away from crying because we're at this church about the happiness revival. Mm. Does it make sense well, what I'm this saying? This is interesting. So I, I, I'll give you a, a little in, insight into something. Uh, you know, there was this um, announcement or there's a big thing over social media mm-hmm. about Bob Jones and revival, right? Mm-hmm. 
well, um, I won't get into who, but I have other prophetic friends mm-hmm. who have all seen a t- a, that this revival that's coming is going to be a time of great weeping. Mm. That that when the spirit of God falls, mm-hmm. people are going to break. Mm-hmm. There is no party coming. I remember. I remember in the coming in the Jesus people movement. Because uh, I was saved at the in '62. Actually, I was born in '62. I was saved mm. in the year five, so that'd be '67, 1967. Mm. But I remember uh, as a young man in college, the Holy Spirit moving on people, and they would just they would move, they would start weeping, they would start repenting. Right. I remember uh, Keith Green. I saw him in concert, and he would just be playing his piano, and he's singing as he's singing the song. The Spirit of God would hit people in the right. back of the room, and and they would be going. They're just bawling like a baby in the back, curled up in a fetal position, just uh, repenting of their sin. Um, Well, if your expectation of revival that is that God's coming to make you feel good, you're in for a big surprise. (laughs) Yeah, not how it works. Yeah, Uh, I'm. I'm also thinking of. uh, There's no party coming. Yeah. Well, there may be some parties. I do believe because well, that's same, post. Yeah, but when it yeah, comes, okay. yeah. the first thing is. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a historian. Remember mm-hmm. this: there's not a single revival that doesn't start with conviction of sin. Yeah, that that impacted the world. I will say right. that because right. see, there there's a lot of people that are going to hear that term and they're not going to meet. They're not going to understand that to mean the same thing you mean. Right. Uh, revival. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with pastors, and they think revival is uh, putting up a tent, preaching, a bunch of the Christians come, and we get stirred up for God. Mm. And to me, uh, when you look at the, when you read some of these revivalists, they wouldn't think that's revival yeah, at all. Finney, Moody. Nope. None of these guys would have thought unless like you're that. impacting. Not even Reinhard Bonnke. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Unless so. you're impacting the world around you. Right. And people are turning to God from what they were previously doing, which is repentance, right. that that's not real revival. Um, I, Finney, I re, I'm re, in the process of rereading his autobiography, and mm. there was one guy in there that uh, he came and, and wanted to get saved, and he looked at him and went, nah, you're not ready yet. Go back and repent some more. <laughs> Today, we would be <laughs> mad at him. If he did that in right. one of our churches, we would kick him out and not let him preach. And then the guy came back and he was, you know, so, uh, yeah. So I think that there's some things sometimes just, uh, letting God deal with us and learning what repent repentance is. And I think we have gotten into, not that God doesn't want us to feel good. I'm in for a party. I mean, I Mm -hmm. like the Holy spirit. He's moved on me with joy and laughter and those kinds of things. And those are all good. We're not saying, Bob and I are not saying that those things are bad, but we're saying there's more. Well, if we're going to impact the world, Mm -hmm. right? In other words, if we want to stay Mm self-centered and be narcissistic, we can have all the parties we want and, 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 and live in our Mm -hmm. sort of little bubble. But if we're going to be a church that does what the early apostles did, right? which is change nations, mm. have an impact, be influential. Uh, that's a whole different level. Some, some selfishness, definitely. Right. We have, right. We're going to have to die to self. Right. And uh, You know, wasn't it mm-hmm. Bonhoeffer? 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer that mm-hmm. said, when Christ bid a man come, he bid him to come and die. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a friend tell, uh, he said that the two most powerful beings in the, in the, in the uh, world want to kill me, the mm-hmm. devil and Jesus. <laughs> and he was talking about how the enemy wants to kill him to stop him, but Jesus wants him to die to himself right. Right. so he can live. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, how do we how do we land this plane here? Well, I think we need to pray. Why don't you? Okay. Um, you know, I, I you know I think we need to pray and just ask God to take this discussion that we're having mm-hmm. and just open people's hearts with it. Because if you mm-hmm. if if you're defensive, mm-hmm. this is going to raise your hackles and yeah. you're going to fight this. Yeah. And if you're um, if you're open-minded and open-hearted mm-hmm. and you take a, a, a posture of humility and just say, Lord, speak to me, mm-hmm. I think you'll hear something in there. You know, I make no claims that I'm 100% right. I'm not, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to explain what God's shown me. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, I'm, I, I, I want to say I'm obsessed, but it's because I have this burden. I've had it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm deeply concerned with the state the state of our soul as a mm-hmm. Christian community. Mm-hmm. And I think like you, I, I want to see change, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get there if we have this infection. Yeah. I think we need to be, to move towards God centeredness, not self centeredness. Yeah. I think things like worship, true worship, I'm not just talking about singing songs, but I'm talking about oh, true worship is, is more than singing songs. It's giving our lives. It's, it's giving wor- uh, you, when you worship something, you give worth to it. Mm. And so not giving worth to self, but giving worth to God, giving Amen. ourselves over to him. That's how you love yourself. Mm. Uh, I want well, to be more Why don't you his. close us in prayer since this is your show? Yeah. So, Lord, I ask right now that you would move. Lord, I ask that you'd move through our land. Lord, mm-hmm. uh, we just surrender ourselves right now to you, to the King of Kings. And we say, Lord, you be on the throne. You you lead us. You be, uh, we surrender ourselves. It's the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. So, Lord, we invite you to rule and reign in our lives, in our churches. And, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to be selfless, not self-filled. And Lord, teach us. Lord, teach us about uh, caring for our neighbor, about sacrificing for things in the kingdom, sacrificing things that that would feed ourselves, Lord, our money, our time, our energy for the kingdom of God. Lord, I ask that you would start to stir uh, things that where people need to turn. Lord, I ask that you would move. Lord, I ask that you bring true repentance, not condemnation, stepping on people with spike boots and all that, but but, but uh, f- real fear of God, real fear of God in a healthy way and a, and a love and a passion for the, kings of the, uh, the kingdom of God. Lord, I ask that you would stir our churches, Lord, stir, move, and we invite, uh, we invite you to come and change our worldview and our perspective. Lord, show us. Lord, I ask that you'd show us where um, things are not aligned, where we're, where we're serving self and not serving you, where our culture around us of narcissism has impacted us. Lord, I ask that you would break that off right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope we woke the giant. Uh, well, well, I think we stirred some stuff up. So uh, <laughs> uh, maybe that's good. So um, 
Uh, I would well, encourage you, you deflect all the darts towards me. That's so. okay. I don't mind. Uh, you know what? Uh, if you're listening to this broadcast, uh, John Wember was a pastor of mine. He used to say this phrase all the time. And I know Bob, you've heard it, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. Right. So, uh, we're human packages, uh, bringing you a message that's on our hearts. I do think that the, that there is a culture of narcissism in our culture. You cannot deny that. Because it's in the literature, it's it's in some of the people we've we've uh, that we've mentioned. So I would just encourage you to pray and to think about how has narcissism impacted the church, and how has it impacted you, and what's your worldview? And if we have accomplished that today, then I think that that's good. So I don't mind stirring some things up. And Bob, thank you very much for being on our show. I appreciate your perspective and your friendship. And uh, I like it because you make me think. I'd rather have someone poke me a little and make me think and have, have some change than just sit back and be comfortable and, and cruise uh, my way to the finish line of life. So thank you for being honest and sharing what's on your heart. Until next time, this has been Alan Garrett and Bob Scott with Wake the Giant. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like, and share on social media. 